0: three games podcast for our top 10 games of the year my name is tom chick and my game of the year is not god of war
1: this is nick diamond and my game of the year is not rim world
2: oh, jesus christ i'm uh jason mcmaster and my game of the year is not um i don't know uh something uh uh, game of the year is like your top game,
0: right? So, yeah. What, like... What's one that's not? It seems McMaster, like oh, it would be easy to figure out. Of all, yeah. the, there's only one game that is your game of the year. So name any one of them that is not.
2: Far Cry Five.
0: Very good, McMaster, ah, You did it. I'm proud yeah, of I you. Did
2: it. I'm pretty proud of me.
0: too. You, you had some trouble there. It was difficult for you, but you managed to think of one game that was not <laughs> your, your game of the year. Well played.
2: <laughs> hey, listen. I have to. I had to figure out if it came out this year. Right, I know, I know. I, oh, I, right.
0: there's yeah. A, yeah sure. Very I realize it was, a, it was a high drama moment for you. You made it. It was. It was tough. So what we're going to do is we've got our top 10 lists. We don't know what they are for each other. We're just going to start in an alphabetical order, name our number tens and then nines, and then go through and just you know, talk about why we, we like them. So I'm going to start with my number 10 favorite game of 2018. Did either of you guys play synthetic? No, no. Nope. Do you even know what it is?
2: That sounds like a Tom Chick game to me.
0: <laughs> uh it's a it's a top-down shooter. Roguelike of course. Actually most oh. of the games on my list are like roguelikes. Yeah. Oh, uh, I could have told you that. <laughs> yeah. But it's a top-down shooter with like really serious intricate gunplay. Um, you, you like choose a class, you choose a weapon, and then you go through these randomly generated levels, and you upgrade your weapon, and you you have little special bonuses. But it, the the screenshot, it's not pixel art, a which is one thing in its favor. Uh, but b it's like super hardy gunplay. Like the guns have heft and impact. Uh, they they just feel powerful. Uh, there's a, a variety of different kinds of enemies. Um, but that's one of my favorite uh roguelikes this year, in a year with lots of good roguelikes uh was synthetic uh and it has multiplayer McMaster when we play I'm gonna need you to cover my six uh mm. and I need you to bring along all the healing powers because sometimes I'll lose health when I'm playing a level I'll need you to just heal me up as I take damage okay
2: yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah
0: all right so there was my number 10 i you guys don't even know it great
1: uh, yeah no <laughs> Nope, not at all. No, no all I'm right. surprised.
0: Nick, what's your number 10? Maybe it's something that McMaster and I have heard of.
1: Uh, yeah, you might have heard of this one. Uh, my favorite uh, number 10 for 2018 uh, is the freest game on Epic's new store, Subnautica. Oh, oh okay. What hey, do you mean freest? Good? Well, it's free. Uh, I Did that end? I don't know if it ended. They, they had a like a week-long period where if you just went to the Epic Games store that they just launched, Subnautica was free.
0: That game yeah. is way too good to be given away for free.
2: I actually agree with that. That's kind of a – that's a hell of a, a a plum that they're dangling
1: there for everybody it is. at
2: the
0: Epic <laughs> Store. That's like a great game. <laughs> so, Nick, why is this your 10th favorite game?
1: Um. Well, I – you know, I, I – It's it's a survival crafter – uh kind of game uh which you know uh, uh, the first thing for me is number 1 it doesn't start me out by punching trees so right right that gives me that you instead hope you right punch
0: you you punch coral
1: right right punch <laughs> coral punch, <laughs> punch clams punch uh oh you got to punch clam yeah
3: <laughs> oh punch you got to fish.
0: but to be nope. fair you're you're right i mean the 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 change in environment and just how it looks and feels different makes all the difference, doesn't it? Is you're not walking around punching stupid trees to get lumber to make a cabin. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. In fact, it's interesting to me how when you, if you play enough Subnautica, you'll get to a point where you find islands uh, later on that you can you know kind of crawl out of the water and get on the surface of to do stuff. And it's so weird how at that point – you know walking around the ground on these islands feels completely alien at yeah. that point.
0: I feel the same way just getting up on the top of my submarine walking oh, around it's up like, there Oh
1: my god what is that <laughs> thing in the sky
0: Yeah I don't have my my land legs just aren't quite adjusted Uh now one of the things that I really like about it so when I do these top 10 lists I'll always start with the games that I feel I didn't play enough or I didn't even get to play that might otherwise have been on the list. And I feel that way about subnautica because I know there's a lot in there that I didn't experience when it starts to get darker and you go into the deeper areas and oxygen starts to become a major consideration and you have to set up oxygen supplies at different places. So I didn't see enough of subnautica to make it in in my top ten, but uh, I definitely appreciated what those guys did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh and I was gonna say, I so what yeah. and it has an ending, which I, I, I love that in theory. It's not yeah. just some open ended, hey, now load up another Rimworld level. Like there's like there's <laughs> a, <laughs> it's an actual contained <sighs> narrative. I love that about
1: it. Yeah. Right. There's a story. There's an actual yeah. story um, in the game that you know, as you progress along you uncover. Yeah.
0: The Forest is like that, too, actually, supposedly.
2: But
1: I've never played far enough into it.
0: Is that still early access, though? Because that doesn't count. I don't
2: don't think it is, actually. I think it hit release. Oh. Lots of stuff hit
0: release this year, actually. I can't track, too. Yeah, like, what things... Like, these things that are in early access for so long... Yeah. Can, can you count them, or do they belong in the year they went into Early Access? Or, yeah, who knows?
2: That's like the t- – I mean, I guess with this year, I've decided just to do stuff that came out this year and not went into Early Access because I would have actually some different games if it was ju- if went into Early Access this right. year. yeah. So, yeah, I just uh, – uh, it's, it's too much. Uh, so
0: <laughs> just... so McMaster Subnautica is not on your list? No. Huh, no, well, not- what is? No.
2: Well, Uh, You know, that's one of those games that uh, that Sarah played a lot of, and I watched her play a lot of it, so I didn't play that much. Uh, I just kind of...
0: Well, along uh, those lines, too, like, well, you you know what, I'll save it, because one of you guys might have picked it. So, McMaster, what is your 10th favorite game of 2018?
2: (laughs) Uh, Fallout 76.
0: Mm. That's made a lot of lists this year, but not this list. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah, I might be alone in this one, I think, but... uh, uh, actually, I I still think I think it's a good game. I I think that it was sold poorly. I think um, I think Zenimax and Bethesda are clueless in public relations a lot of times when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, and I don't mean that as a slight on Pete because I like Pete, but uh, <laughs> you know, this game is and their and their handling of
1: it's been a disaster, and it's not that bad of a game. Well, I will not- say this: watching you play it is the closest I've come to wanting to play it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a Fallout game. I mean, that's all there is to it at the end of the day. And it's like, do what I do if you don't want to deal with morons. Uh, turn off the uh, sound for their speakers. and then <laughs> It's a single-player game with a bunch of erratic NPCs you can't talk to.
0: Wait, you have uh, to turn off the sound if you don't want people talking at you?
2: No, no, not the sound. Like you can literally turn off just all speakers for you know what I mean. Like the oh, you
0: mute pe- mute people. Yeah, right. okay, right, right.
2: And uh, now they've added push to talk, so you don't have to just be broadcast or not at all. They um, didn't
0: have push to talk. No. It, it, oh my god, dude. Uh, why? It, why would I be surprised? Like why?
2: <laughs> I know, I know. It's like I do not understand half of the decisions they made. But well, like, uh, you don't,
1: you don't like the sound of other people's music and TV oh. and their mom screaming in the background.
2: <laughs> it's like really weird so like i totally turned that off just immediately because it's really really um immersion breaking and um and then the other thing is i turned it on to where i can't accidentally or i can't i don't do damage when i shoot people so that i can't reply if they're shooting me you know what i mean so i can't start pvp because i don't care right um and then at that point I just followed the storyline along, and uh have played in the map and, and it's a lot of it's a good time it's well, a, it's a follow
0: yeah, it didn't make my list. It sounds like it didn't make Nicks either, so <laughs> no you no. no, really, I don't think either of you played it, so it would be hard for you to... good point, right. Uh, I actually did put it on a list, McMaster, even though I didn't oh, play I it. Yeah,
2: yeah. I know. I, oh, I saw. I saw.
0: My ninth favorite game of the year, surely one of you guys has this one, uh, Into the Breach. Does either of you pick that for your top yes. ten? I,
1: I thought well, not in my it. top ten, no. but I, I played it.
0: Yeah. So I – partly, too, because I, I played it a bit when it came out for the PC this year, but I just also got it on the Nintendo Switch. It is so perfect on the Switch just because it is such great bite-sized little oh. nuggets of gameplay that lends itself exactly to carrying a, a Switch around. Um, but I, I love what they've done with shrinking that kind of gameplay into a little tiny arena in a short period of time. Like it, It's like XCOM or Ogre Tactics or Fire Emblem. It's that, it's that uh, yeah. t- tactical RPG, but with everything distilled down to just a few important turns in a small area. And I love how well they've done that.
2: Yeah, it's pretty brilliant for that. Uh those guys totally nailed that uh games feel. Uh yeah. it's it's a lot of fun. Uh Switch is a perfect venue for it too. Actually 100% perfect.
0: And also a roguelike.
2: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, love combat.
0: the unlockables, love the uh different kinds of mechs. Like once you you start with a team of mechs and eventually as you're unlocking new teams, each team is weird and different and has a different kind of gameplay and then it's you know the different weapons you can equip on the mechs. Yeah, uh, it's it's just absurdly generous with content.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It really is.
0: Nick Diamond, what's your ninth favorite game of 2018?
1: Well, my ninth favorite game is going to be like uh, McMaster's tenth favorite game. Uh, it's Kenshi. Ah. ah, that's on my list. Oh, is it really? Because it's uh, Kenshi is, she- is a is- high jank tolerance. Oh yeah. Game. <laughs>
2: Dude, you're talking to Captain Jank Tolerance.
1: <laughs> of course, it's the <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, it's it, like I don't. It's rough looking. It's super buggy. Uh, I think arguably there's way too many game systems layered all together on it. Uh, but I don't it, it, Like the thing that interests me about it is it's just it's that one guy, the, the developer Chris Hunt, I think. It's just his vision. Yep. <laughs> and it's it's uniquely his, man. Like it is a weird ass game.
2: Yeah, I guess that's the thing that, about it too that I really like is that if you look up at the skybox at night, it's a clearly alien world. All of the monsters are alien. Everything's alien about it. It's like a a feudal Japanese alien sci-fi game alien, and cannibal post-apocalyptic. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, weird. <laughs> and what what I love so much about it is i've I've played almost thirty hours at this point, and it only got it a few days ago and like I've spent almost all of that time in a really small part of the map, yeah. so like there's this like gigantic world that I have zero
0: idea what's out there uh
2: that's just you know waiting so uh, that's real fascinating to me,
0: yeah uh when I played, I got killed by uh, farmers. I was just walking around outside of the city, and farmer a, a a roving band of farmers murdered me.
2: What the fuck did you do? You I mean, did well,
0: something. I might have. I might have. I might have tried tentatively to attack one of them.
2: Oh, gee, I wonder why <laughs> they attacked. <laughs>
0: Well, they were farmers. I thought it was like killing rats in an RPG. Like, you first start oh out fighting farmers, then eventually you'll fight, I, I don't know, artisans. You don't fight, and you then don't
2: fight rats in this game.
0: You work your way up to fighting soldiers. So I thought, yeah, you kill farmers. and I was going to kill them and loot their bodies, and that didn't work out so well. Uh,
2: what you do is you punch one, and then you run like hell to the nearest guards. And then they kill them, and you loot their bodies.
0: That's oh, a- right, because then they're the aggressors when, when I right. show up at the guards. Right. Yeah, very good. I'll do that next time. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, so, that's McMaster, where was that on your list?
2: Oh, it's further down.
0: Well, what oh, number?
2: Number five.
0: So fifth, fifth favorite for McMaster, ninth favorite for uh, Nick is uh, Kenshi. Uh, and for me, uh, not at all my favorite because of the stupid farmers. That's as much <laughs> as I saw.
2: Jesus, you know, you're so anti-the-little-guy. I just, know?
0: McMaster, I need my hand held by a, an in-depth tutorial that does everything for yeah. me at the beginning of a game. Ken, she's not like that.
2: Neil Young was at Farm Aid. Willie Nelson was at Farm Aid. Where's Tom Chick? That's all I got to say. Yeah, anti-farmers. Farmers. Killing farmers.
0: <laughs> McMaster, what's your ninth favorite game of 2018? And can you kill farmers in it?
2: Yeah, actually, you probably can. Uh it's a uh, Vermintide 2. Uh there's probably some sort of chaos farmer that I've killed at some point. But uh yeah, Vermintide 2. Great game.
0: Why haven't I played it?
2: Because you're I you do, do you really want my opinion on why? <laughs> uh no, uh I I don't know. It's really great. It, it's like Why
0: didn't you ever tell me it was good?
1: Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it, a horror mode game, right?
2: Oh, well, yeah, oh, it's Love for Dead Stall, you know. Yeah, but wait, instead
0: of the rats in Vermintide One, it's like Chaos Priests, right?
2: Right, and there's rats too. I mean, there's more. There's more enemies. So uh, there's there's uh, bosses that are pretty cool. Uh, the the levels are great. They're really beautiful uh, levels. Um, the characters are interesting. I don't know. It's got all that unlockable stuff you like. Uh, you can forge weapons, or you can get cool drops. I don't know.
0: And you need to play it online with randos, right?
2: No, no, you can play with bots.
0: Yeah, but aren't the bots dumb?
2: Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I mostly play with uh, like Josh Marshall, and you know.
0: Do you need you get... four? Like, is it something where McMaster? If you just covered my back, you and I could play it.
2: Yeah, you could do that. And even if you have two people with bots, it's fine because you know you've got another person that can. Right. Yeah, yeah. Make the choices of, uh, but the bots aren't bad like they were in the first one. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying they're awesome, but they're not the first one, which
0: was you know, just. Insane. Well, that's also why I haven't played. Is it does sound like it's very much geared towards a uh, multiplayer.
2: Uh, uh, but, but Sarah, Sarah doesn't like to def- uh, play it with anybody but me. So, like, yeah, we. That's still
0: multiplayer, McMaster.
2: Yeah, yeah, but it's not. But that's that's you know that shy person multiplayer. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: Uh, Nick, did you get into Left 4 Dead or Vermintide One?
1: Uh, I I did get into Left 4 Dead. I played Vermintide One. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, I I do like Vermintide Two though. Oh, oh so good. you've
0: played it. Why haven't you told me it's good? No one tells me to play these things.
1: Well, you were too busy playing Strange Brigade.
0: <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> hey, wait a minute. That's oh, no, that's my other list. All right.
2: <laughs> Too busy playing Guild Wars 2 for some unchristly reason
0: in 2018. That's my number four favorite of 2018 is Guild Wars 2. No, not really.
2: I was about to say, Tom. <laughs> I'm not that uh, bad, at master. I would. I should. I never want to hear another thing <laughs> about League of
0: Legends if that's what happens. My eighth favorite game of 2018, and I doubt either of you picked this because it doesn't seem like the kind of game that y'all like. Uh, Let me see if I can get the title right. Warhammer 40,000 AD colon Gladius.
1: No, that is not. (laughs) Ah, that's my number two.
0: Oh, whoa, you really liked it. All right. Yeah, I liked it a lot. What's so good about it, Nick? It's just a turn-based, it's just a Civ clone.
1: (laughs) Because it's one unit per hex done the right way. Right,
0: right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and they do – like I, I love what – one of my favorite things about Gladius is what's not in it in that they just make it all about war and conflict. Like there's no managing – I mean there's, there's a little bit of like city management stuff, but all of that is ancillary to building more units to get out there and fight. Uh, it's just so geared towards it's, – it's like an RTS. It's so geared towards uh, getting armies punching each other. Yeah. Uh, and there's none of this, like, sit back and play it like a city builder because the AI is dumb. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and it's great because the, uh, uh, you know, taking away the diplomacy yes. and the yes. stupid statecraft or whatever and the vassal cities or all that other stuff that Civ 5 and 6 got bogged down in, it, you know, it, it, it kind of follows that the theme of the warhammer 40000 universe, right? eternal war and you know there's no peace blah blah blah. Um and then it you know it also it, it, to credit to the to the game, it, you know, it keeps you from seeing how dumb the diplomatic ai can be. Right, right. Because there isn't one. So <laughs> just fight, buddy. <laughs>
0: Well, how dumb and just arbitrary, generally. Like, like that's one of of the issues with diplomacy and 4Xs is unless it's a strictly numbers-driven system, which I'm okay with, but that has a little less personality, uh, it can just feel really weird and arbitrary. Uh, And, yeah, I love not having diplomacy and just knowing that if three factions bang into each other in the middle of the map, which is liable to happen – There's no telling who's going to shoot at whom and who's going to be able to sit on the sidelines and kill the survivor. Like, I I love the uncertainty of that and how it's not something that you game against, like you said, Nick, a dumb AI.
1: Right. And and it's good to know that inevitably you will be fighting the survivor. It's not
3: (laughs) – there's no
1: chance of, you know, you making some dumb peace treaty at the end and, okay, for ten turns we don't fight each other. Like, no, you're going to fight.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, also great is the, uh, the different units and the asymmetry amongst the factions. Um, brief side note. So the, the Toys for Bob guys who did uh, Star Control 2, and they did a game <clears> called Unholy War, and most recently they've done the Skylander series. Uh, I remember getting to talk yeah. to those guys a long, long time ago, and they said they described their formula, like what they do in games, what they look for. Uh, it's about weird things beating each other up. And how that that's inherently interesting because you're you're playing one of the weird things and you're fighting other weird things and you're watching them fight, uh, and that that's kind of in a way how I feel about the units in Gladius is they're 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 weird in that they're distinct they have a definite place in the Warhammer universe but they also have distinct functions and interactions so it's just weird different asymmetrical things beating each other up the same thing that makes skylanders and, and star control good makes gladius good
1: right right yep so
0: uh nick's number two is gladius there's only my number eight there's seven i liked better uh but nick yeah i'm glad to see i'm glad to see there's some some people who like turn-based strategy here mcmaster
3: oh my god jesus
0: <laughs> <laughs> nick what's your eighth favorite game of the year
1: well, my eighth favorite game of the year is uh, going to be a game that I don't think either of you have on your list. It's Monster Hunter World. That's my number two. <sighs> yeah, is
2: M- it
0: M- really? M- McMaster loves that silly thing. Dude, oh. yeah.
2: 100, you know, like 160 hours of just PC.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. <This> is <laughs> For me, it's the first time this kind of super grindy, grindy, grind, grind game has clicked me like it's just i don't know it's just the balance of the monster fighting and the palico and the crafting like just the whole thing is this weird alchemy where it just dug into my brain and i love it
0: and you weren't a monster monster hunter aficionado before were you
1: oh not at all right not at all yeah
2: it's um it's a strange formula that's really kind of exciting, because basically, what at least the way I broke it down, was it kind of goes where you start playing the game and the mechanics are interesting, it's hard to get a hang of how to use your weapons right and everything at first, but then you start getting into it, and you start killing stuff, and getting better, and you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then you get to, like, near the end of the story, and you realize that this is really just the beginning of the game. It's like, there's a whole other tier with tons more equipment and tons more, like, stuff to do and new zones to go to and just really hard monsters to fight. And it's just kind of this, like, weird, exciting, like, thing to discover.
3: Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, every, everything you do unlocks another yeah. level of play. And it's it's crazy because previous to this game, I I would pick up controllers and play like a buddy's version of monster hunter whatever and i would be turned off in about 10 minutes i would just be oh this is not for me
2: <laughs> they they did a lot of um quality of life changes in monster hunter world uh, and i like earlier monster hunters uh, sarah likes them a lot uh, but I, it, it was the, it was really tedious though, uh, and a lot of the things they've changed for World, uh, kind of alleviates that. So that is a huge uh, bonus that it has.
0: I will play Monster Hunter World when they give me three things. One, Uh-oh. I want to be able to carry, oh God. I want to be able to carry two weapon sets. No. I don't want just one. Mm. Two, I need a hit point bar floating over every monster I fight. Oh Jesus. And then three. I wow. need I need rideable mounts like in Guild Wars, preferably a rabbit.
1: You
2: know, it's like... I just...
0: mm. And there's my list of demands, I've, I've, mm. I've There's my list. It must be met. Otherwise, I'm going to sit here with my arms folded while you guys talk about how much you love Monster Hunter World.
2: <laughs> I like, I just always enjoy the, the reasons, the things mm. that you want or the reasons that I enjoy Monster Hunter World is that they're not
0: there. Yeah. How do you know? How do you know how hurt the monster is if there's no floating hit point bar over its head?
2: Because right? it it starts to limp and it runs away and it you know stuff like that. You yeah. Know, there's a that, that,
0: that's that's called that's that's information provided in animation, not information provided in information.
2: You could ask it, but you don't <laughs> speak monster, do you, Tom? <laughs> right.
0: That that is really a, a big part of their design, isn't it? Though is yeah. Let's, let's yeah. Just, Present everything visually with crazy visual – yeah. Is and, and so I've played it with you, McMaster, and it it yeah. just feels like I, I, I'm I just banging on this monster forever. I'm not doing any good. Eventually you or one of the other people we're playing with, I feel like, oh, well, you killed it. I don't know why I didn't do any good. Uh, it, it's almost like one of my issues with MOBAs, McMaster, is I'm only – ten uh, percent. Uh, I only have. I'm only ten percent of the equation for who wins or loses. You know, it's Mobas sure. are a game where you have ten people playing, and I'm only one of ten. Right. Playing Monster Hunter, I feel like less than the twenty five percent of the equation for well, how to kill the monster because <laughs> mainly because I just haven't taken the time to practice and under- practice with the weapons and understand how they work.
2: So, and I understand uh, where you're coming from, but let me say this. Um, yes. Monster Hunter does this thing where it doesn't really let you carry people that much. Uh, and I'll explain why. So if you and I were playing Monster Hunter and we fight a monster, it's the same difficulty as if me, you, Mike and Nick were all playing.
3: Uh
2: It's, it just, it scales one time. So it's super hard. If it's just two people, fighting against a monster but then when you get more people involved then those people are knocking the hell out of each other and there becomes like a lot more of this kind of like having to position and having to know how the monster works and everything like that so it's not right. exactly that you're being carried because it adds more than your worth to it multiple times over
0: well in you that ca- in that case you're welcome for me being there yeah yeah. yeah. No. You,
2: you you help. he was like building up muscles. You know. It's like how right. you you take on a bigger weight. It's like I had a bigger backpack with Tom stuffed in it, and I was carrying him around the level. You know. It's basically what came out. Of it. I, it's like uh, Luke and Yoda, except Tom didn't know anything about what we were talking about. I was just carrying him
3: around.
0: Wait. Which one was I? I was Yoda <laughs> you, in this in this, yeah, in this analogy. Was, Sweet. Except,
2: <laughs> Except, yeah, it doesn't make any sense because you have no knowledge of the game.
0: So it's I, like, it certainly didn't feel uh, like Yoda. So Monster Hunter World... Yeah, exactly. Oh,
2: no, no, no. You're like C-3PO when Chewbacca's carrying him. There oh, you go. Better. Makes there. way oh, more sense, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, there we go. So Cripple Monster Hunter World is one... backwards. Right, yeah, with with no arms at a certain <laughs> point. Uh, Monster Hunter World is one of those games that I'm very glad it exists even though I don't play it, and I really admire that it's found an audience like Dark Souls because it bucks a lot yeah. of the traditional rules about game yeah. design, and I'm just delighted to see that sort of thing succeed. So number uh, eight for my, no number two for McMaster, number eight yeah. for Nick Monster World. All right, so McMaster, where so number ten Fallout seventy six, number nine Vermintide two, number eight is
2: one. I imagine at least one of you has on your list State of Decay two.
0: Yep, it is my number five favorite. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I love State of Decay two. Now McMaster, why do you like this game?
2: Um, well. I believe, and I guess this is kind of counter to what a lot of people uh, think of the game, that they did a pretty good job on the actual uh, management simulation this time. Um, Now, I mean, obviously, it hasn't had the kind of expansions that the first one did and the build-up that the first one did, but I really enjoy managing the community. I I like how they deal with zombies. I like, I don't know, I, I like just about every. Part of the game. It's a very intriguing game to me. Uh, unfortunately, the co-op doesn't didn't work very well. So
0: I suspect that that's probably been probably ironed thinks. out. Yeah, because I've played some of the they they added a terrible horde mode, which is just yeah. horrible. But it, it for the most part didn't have the connectivity issues that you and I suffered. Uh, so I'm imagining they ironed that out. But oh my god, that add-on is terrible. Uh, but so <laughs> the rest of the game, I just I love. I loved the first one, and I feel like this is just a really solid polishing up and addressing some of the issues that were in the first one, and it preserves just how well they get the important elements of zombie mythology to me. And I I just love a game too where ev- any character can die, uh, like yeah. that's that's just something that you can't do in uh, Dead Rising or Undying or Dying Light, for instance. Uh, so because they've got a party-based situation. Uh, now that said, I'm at a point where I I, I wish there's a way I could make it a more punishing survival game.
2: Well, yeah, that is kind of the only downside is that I think they need to patch in like more harsh management modes and stuff right. like that, where you can kind of easily lose a game right. instead of kind of having it was to want loading. it. Yeah.
0: It was one of those few games too, State of Decay 1, where I just went ahead and applied a bunch of mods to make it harder. Like to take zombies out of the the little uh, mini-map, to make night dark where you can't see. Right. Uh, Like I, I, just for the challenge of it, even though there was no, like normally I rail against this idea of, oh, I have to decide how difficult the game is. You know, do your job, game designer. I didn't care with State of Decay, I liked it so much that I just wanted to make it hard. Here's the thing, though. State of Decay 2, no real mods for it because of stupid right. Microsoft.
2: Microsoft, yeah. yeah. That's Thanks, the biggest jerks. downside, yeah. yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just like the the being able I – mean, the game just ran, ran really smooth for me. I really enjoyed the management parts of it. Like yeah. I like the base building. I like scouting out different places to find cool stuff to give you bonuses. Like I like that you can take over water treatment plants. Like you can take over power. Uh, and do all that stuff. I, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I, I know there's a lot of people that kind of disagree and said that it wasn't the management wasn't very good, but I was like, I I just don't see that myself. And
0: uh, I When they announced that they were adding crossbows, I was kind of like, whatever. Uh, I recently tried it. The crossbows are freaking awesome.
2: <laughs> Dude, that's like, that's like what Destiny 2 put in bows, and I was like, okay. And then I played one, and I was like, this is the best weapon yeah. in the entire world. I want to sleep holding one of these
3: yeah games, yeah
2: exactly you know it's like
3: what
2: the
1: hell <laughs> <laughs> I, all right I so you have to yeah. say that state of decay 2 for me felt like i was watching the last like previous seasons of the walking dead i just wanted everyone to die and go away
0: you can do that you can get them all killed Nick. yeah there's not one character you like come on surely None there was of one that. of them I, you liked
1: i, I I loved State of Decay. I love State of Decay.
0: They're the same State characters. State of Decay
1: Two. I just hated.
0: What? Why? They're the same characters. What's different? Why? Why did you hate I, the ones I in State of Decay Two?
1: I don't know. something about the management, the way everybody just whined at me all the. I maybe I was in a different place. I I don't know. State of Decay Two just bounced off me so hard. That's fine. But so the, hard.
0: I don't. There's no need to hate on the survivors, Nick.
1: <laughs>
0: it's not like fear the walking dead. It's not that level of annoying.
1: Come on. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> or or even the walking dead the game.
2: Oh god, or you know, I really wanted to play that too. Uh cuz so it's interesting.
0: Didn't make your top 10 then McMaster's Walking Dead. No, yeah. yeah. What are you guys trying to say about me? <laughs> All right, so my number 10 was Synthetic, my number 9, Into the Breach, number 8, Gladius. My number 7 favorite game of 2018, the Spider-Man game, which I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But Insomniac, I don't know why I had my doubts. Insomniac knows what they're doing. A wonderful progression, which is difficult to do in a superhero game without feeling contrived, and it's certainly contrived here. You know, Spider-Man's amassing all these new gadgets Normally, superheroes, they have their gadgets ready or their powers are already built in. But they just did really good progression in this game, which encouraged you to do a variety of different activities. And therefore, you did a variety of different activities to progress the things that you wanted. I love their progression system. Uh, The the tech that they used for New York to cover street-level detail, like when you're just walking, and being super high, flinging around in skyscrapers, just – easily transitioning between those two it's just a great use of an engine on the playstation 4 it looks fantastic but most of all they really nailed the the delight of spider-man traversal like slinging the webs and zipping forward and just landing easily on things and sticking to walls Uh, and once you play for a while and once that starts becoming muscle memory it is really gratifying and you feel like a superhero So, my seventh favorite game this year was uh, the Spider-Man for PS4. All right. Nick, we have you for Subnautica, Kenshi, Monster Hunter World, and then number seven is...
1: Frostpunk. Really? Frostpunk for me. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, I I love how brutally hard it is. I love the setting, uh, and I... I really really got a kick out of their uh just the way the cities are set up in that kind of radial um it, like it almost looks like a a, a dartboard like the way they've got it like, <laughs> divided up into wedges I like I, I don't know I I I just liked it and I like the way the developers took their um kind of their this war of mine uh you know D- decision making uh you know design and and kind of turned it into that city builder um yeah i just i I really was impressed with Frostpunk.
0: and i bet you had to amputate a bunch of limbs when you played
1: amputate mm. a bunch of limbs ration a bunch of food <laughs> cannibalize Wait, people
0: didn't that even that had like you had to put children to work like
2: wasn't that yeah. even part of that oh, game yeah. yeah almost damn immediately what are you talking about yeah one of the first things you do, in but of game. course, of course, being they a video game,
0: being a video game, of course the children can't die, right? Oh no, they die. I'm sure, uh, everybody yeah. dies. No, yeah, they, they, everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> they even let the kids die. I know, brutal. Uh, you just can't do it with your own bare hands. So, so McMaster Frostpunk didn't, because you love games like Frostpunk. That didn't make your <laughs> yeah, list.
2: Yeah, it didn't. Uh, it's okay. the, it's the lack of a. Uh, any sort of real randomness that kind of kept so me from what, really falling in love with it.
0: Nick, what have they done since the release to address that complaint? Aren't there like new scenarios or maps or what? What is some of the post-release support that they've done? Do you know?
1: Uh, well, they've. I know they've come out with a, a like a bunch of extra maps and like, hey, here's a like there was a Christmas scenario that even came out, um, huh? which I have to imagine has got to be pretty depressing.
2: <laughs> yeah, you would think, right? <laughs>
1: Hey, everyone gets cold. No they don't. <laughs> oh no they don't.
0: It certainly looks good too. Just the and just that it's that pretty, opp- yeah. Yeah, that oppressive sense of the weather and the snow and yeah. Yeah, no, it's
2: a very attractive game and I it's not that I don't like it. It's just say it's just not.
0: No, there's know. 10 games you liked like better. Makes perfect yeah. sense, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: All right, McMaster County down for you. Fallout 76, Vermin Tide 2, State of Decay 2, and then in the number 7 slot
2: the uh, inimitable, delightful Far Cry 5.
0: Aha, uh-huh, right. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, uh, Far Cry 5 was a game that I expected to hate, uh, kind of, because of, I yeah you know, I just don't trust those guys when it comes to writing um, the Midwest, you <laughs> know. I just like it just didn't it just didn't seem like it was gonna be something that they could do uh in a way that didn't make me want to punch myself to death. And uh they managed it because they totally didn't go the way I expected them to. Uh which they caught hell for I think because the, Ubisoft is like one of those companies that likes to, to stand back and like say, Oh, we're gonna make a game about um like a weird like the like wet dream for gun like nuts, like take it over of Washington or, or New York or whatever, but we're not political company, uh, you know, and they did that with far cry five, uh, obviously. And I'm happy they did because it, they would not have done it well. Uh, instead they, they did, um, kind of like one of the nuttiest open world games I've ever seen in my life. Um, the, the stuff that happens in far cry five is, uh, so fantastically, outrageous that it was hard for me to not pick it
0: it kind of ruined just cause 4 for me cuz i know oh, just dude, cause there's no way yeah cuz <laughs> cuz just cause is based on this just emergent chaos and these action yeah. set pieces that just happen and it can't hold a candle to just the the craziness in far cry 5 with that emergent chaos, and also specifically, like the times you and I played, I loved McMaster. But even when you weren't around, the NPC companions in Far Cry 5 are just oh, yeah. so fantastic. They're so well written. They're imaginative. Yeah. They add different gameplay elements. Uh, so it, it just it never felt like a game like it's just me wreaking havoc. It was either me with you, or me with the bear, or me with the chick who brings a helicopter along. Oh, like it, it was a very it was a very. Uh, It just felt collaborative, even when they were faking it with a fake AI partner. Uh, And I love that about it.
2: And that's the strangest thing about that game, is they wrote some really great character dialogue. I mean, obviously, the overarching story is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, what are you going to do? But um, the character dialogue is great in that game. They they did a good job. That's that's impressive.
0: Now, I think you guys are down on the DLC that they added, but I kind of liked their... Uh, Mars uh, level I and didn't their, play it I, I kind of like their Mars level and their Vietnam level the zombie stuff was terrible and when I think it's terrible that's bad but uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I like just how different and unique each one felt uh, and I'm super psyched for their post-apocalyptic Far Cry 5 uh, I, I am here. too yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I am looking forward to that I'm yeah. very much for.
0: And I don't, you know, I don't care. Recycle the map. See if I care. I just, I just, I want the guys that made Far Cry 5, I want them to give me their version of a Fallout. Whatever that is, I'm on board. Yeah.
2: And I still say that Far Cry 5 is a horror story and not an action story. I think it's, it's like you lose, you lose all, uh, you know, control of your character all the time. You end up in that horrible situation. I don't know. It's yeah. a horror game if you ask me.
0: It certainly has the ending for it. Spoiler. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler. My number 10 favorite was Synthetic, then Into the Breach, Gladius, Spider-Man, my sixth favorite game of 2018, Wreckfest. I love driving games. Awesome but game. for what – I just don't care. I love driving games, but I the, – the precision that goes into most racing games – tends to bounce off of me. Because I I see them as a different thing. Uh, Driving games, The Crew One, is one of my favorite driving games, uh, because it's not necessarily about racing and shaving time off of the number of laps you're doing, that's what racing games do. And generally, racing games appeal to that kind of precision with super fancy high-end sports cars that, frankly, I don't care about one whit because they are not part of any experience I've ever had. I'm never going to drive a car like that. I almost never even see cars like that. One of the things I like about racing games is when they are more realistic, kind of mundane cars... Put in challenging situations because that's like what a car chase is, right? It's like a car you drive every day and you have to just bang it up to try to get somewhere or to get away from someone. Uh, So I don't care about supercars and neither does Wreckfest and I love that about Wreckfest. Wreckfest is mundane vehicles and it puts, uh, and unlike these sort of light, flighty, high-precision supercar racing games, it puts a premium on heft and destruction. On on the cars banging into each other, it's all – it's super rough and tumble. You don't have to be polite. Uh, And I just – I love how the developers have made cars hitting each other feel weighty and not like two empty two-liter Coke bottles banging into one another. Uh, So I love that about Wreckfest. Yeah, uh,
1: great game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I love in – how in Wreckfest, you know, I'm rewarded – for doing what I do in all racing games, which is use other cars to assist me in turning.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the, uh, the old uh, driver-assisted turning is one of my favorite as well. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, so Nick, we have you down for Subnautica, Kenshi, Monster Hunter World, Frostpunk, and in your number six slot,
1: in my number six slot, it is Thronebreaker: <laughs> The Witcher Tales. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean intrigued uh, by that. I, I like
0: I like Gwent as much as the next guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's Gwent uh, from The Witcher Three, uh, rebalanced, and then uh, slid into a like a light King's Bounty experience. So you've got that overland map with your little, you know, your little person on a horse, and you ride around and you go to points of interest, and you fight battles. And when the battles come up, instead of a tactical battle, it's a card battle. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, play a few a round of Gwent, or yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, is it how how linear is it? Do you have a sense for that?
1: Uh, it is. I mean, it's linear in that there is a story. Uh, there's some choice. Uh, a uh, pretty consequential choices that you make in the story um but there is a there's you, you know there's a beginning of the map there 's an end of the map and the story kind of follows that map path and there you know it's not i wouldn't say it's super replayable either um, but i I think the interesting thing for me is that a lot of the Battles that you experience have unique rules for that scenario. So um, they're almost set up like those, uh, like those chess table um, puzzles where it's, you know, you'll go into a Gwent battle and instead of just a normal, hey, you're fighting this other, you know, the AI uh, with a standard round of Gwent or whatever. Uh, in this battle, it's, oh, there's five goblins and they will advance two spaces every turn. You have three turns to defeat them. Here's your limited hand of cards.
0: And that that's not annoying. Like you're you're okay with that?
1: No, I I, I loved it. I loved it. It, it. Just because of the the way uh, they kind of ease you into it. So you get these very simple puzzles at first, and so it's almost like a tutorial as you go through it.
0: But it's know? not like if I was playing and I just want to play Gwent. Like I just want to have games of Gwent and to build up a card collection. Uh, Is it doing that as well, or am I just playing these these canned puzzles?
1: No, it's doing that as well. Okay. Uh, As well. You're going to different points of interest, and you'll fight other monsters, and these other monsters are like, you know, just straight up, hey, here's my hand of Gwent. Here's your hand of Gwent. Let's go at it.
0: Okay, so the puzzles are just things that happen from time to time. It's not the the core gameplay isn't each encounter is a canned puzzle. No, no, no. Okay, no. okay. And, and you are building up a collection of cards, right? Like, it's appealing to that part of a card game player's mentality is building up a collection?
1: Building up a collection of cards. You have to manage your deck. Yep, right, all right. That. Deck building. You right.
0: know, if I could have one game
2: just, like, magically updated to today, it would probably be the old Magic the Gathering game from... Sid Meier. That, that's why
0: I was asking is Sid yeah. Meier's Magic the Gathering. Yeah, super yeah. O- super open world. Like, run around with yep. whatever kind of deck you want and try to chase down whatever cards you can. And, uh, yeah, uh, that, was a, that was a great approach. That was one of the issues, Nick, that I had with, when I just sat down to try Throne breakers, is I think I wanted to do that with Gwent.
2: Yeah. And it,
0: yeah. It's, it is more linear, and it does want to at least guide the early experience, so I, I got frustrated and, and didn't really spend much time with it. But, uh, yeah, like, it's a... I, In a way, like, I I would almost rather play that than, like, I love having a context for these sort of digital online card games rather than, like, Artifact, which just says, hey, sit down and play. You know, like, I, I like this idea of progressing through a story or across a land, and it definitely seems like Thronebreaker is doing that, whereas the actual Gwent game is, hey, just sit down and play.
1: Right, right.
0: McMaster, we have you down. Let's see, Fallout 76, Vermin Tide 2, State of Decay 2, Far Cry 5, and then your number six favorite game of 2018?
2: Battletech.
0: Yep, so that's another, so of the two that I think would have, might have been on my list if I played them more, Subnautica and Battletech.
2: Yeah, Battletech is like, that is my turn-based jam. That uh, game is so yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, Um, battle tech is sweet.
2: It's just so, you know, I guess crunchy. It's like so, like, it's so metal-on-metal, like, hard mech combat. It's so awesome. Like, blowing out someone's legs or whatever and just instantly defeating them or... Try you know, doing like all the the kind of the the merc squad management stuff, where if you know if you lose this mission, then you're gonna lose people or go hungry or you know whatever. So, it's just kind of a, a really cool, uh, really in depth kind of battle tech game, and I'm really looking forward to them adding more to it.
0: One of the things I appreciated about it is it seems to me like most mech games come down to just build as big and powerful a mech as mm-hmm. you can and then stand toe-to-toe and trade shots with another one, and whoever dies first loses. So it's all right. about loading up on armor and hard-hitting weapons. Uh, I love the kind of variety they built into these oh, missions yeah. in terms of just running little guys around. Like I I, oh, yeah. I, feel like that's a difficult thing to build into this kind of combat, and those guys knew how to do it. Like I did plenty of missions where I was like, nope, I need someone light and fast uh,
2: oh yeah. yeah, you you yeah. have to have a mixture, you know. You need you need people that can scout. You need people that can yeah. move. Uh, and then you know, of course, you're going to want your gunboats and stuff. But like, you can't just have four of them. Yeah. You'll you'll get surrounded. You'll get you know outrun. You just, <laughs> it's yeah, it's real fascinating. There's a lot to it. Uh, what have is- you?
1: there's so many ways that i thought BattleTech could have gone wrong right Um, oh yeah i was i was very impressed with what they did yeah
2: yeah yeah like uh i yeah there was a part of that game that i didn't like you know i thought it was it was very solid
0: uh have you looked at the flashpoint stuff at all mcmaster i have not okay Hmm. all right let's see so my my fifth place so i go synthetic into the uh uh, Into the Breach, Gladius, Spider-Man, Wreckfest my fifth favorite is State of Decay so Nick, Subnautica, Kenshi Monster Hunter World, Frostpunk Thronebreaker and then at the number 5 spot
1: Return of the Obra Dinn what? Huh. It's interesting some,
0: it's some oh. arty pixel art thing that I, I don't know anything about this what should I know
1: about it? Uh, don't be fooled it's not just an art style it is a good game
0: and it's just an adventure game where you point and click and solve puzzles about putting cat uh, pee on uh, cat fur to make a mustache.
1: Uh,
3: <laughs> yes. I, I mean,
1: it, it it is a it is one giant logic puzzle uh, game. Um, but it's it's all about uh, recreating mis- the mystery of what happened on this merchant ship, um, and surprisingly, the art style which you know it's one of those things when you first see it you think oh this is pretty impressive it looks cool and then you think this is going to get annoying real quick um and it doesn't it's well, it's actually pretty i hats off to the developer cuz that it it doesn't get in the way of the logic puzzles
0: so it in my list of things that i i wished i'd played this is definitely one of them cuz i i've heard enough people talking about it favorably yeah. and i i you know, I understand it's a mystery game, so I purposefully don't know that much about it. So it's definitely piqued my curiosity, and I I love that it's getting so much critical acclaim. Um, Obra Din is the name of a ship.
1: Uh, that, that is, yeah. yep. Spoiler, I ruined it for you.
0: Oh, I don't need to play now because that's probably the central mystery: is what's an right. Oprah Din, and it's you find out it's a ship. Oh, right? man, there you go. There right. You
3: go. <laughs> yeah. Now, does this ship
0: does this ship come back from somewhere?
1: Well, yep. yes. Spoiler. Oh, okay, see, so yeah. I know I know
0: all I need to know, then, about this game. I, I will <laughs> yeah. say
1: that when I first fired Sol- it up, I just kept thinking, oh, it's about a genie, right?
0: Oh, okay. you're right. That does look like that. <laughs> Oprah like, Jin.
1: Uh, turn of the Obra Jin, right? Yeah, DGINN, DGIN, yeah, of course. Genie. Right.
2: Or Oprah's Our... Jin. Does, <laughs> does Oprah have a genie of some manner? It could have been
1: that. Uh, have the
0: developers, are they known for anything else? Do you know offhand? Oh, they, yeah. Please. It's what? papers please. please oh right 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 of course right another yeah. game i didn't play but i know is critically acclaimed and right okay <laughs> that's didn't a great play game. Papers, please why Why? why would i play it i heard enough people talk about it i know exactly what it is you have to decide who comes into the country but sometimes the bureaucracy makes you do things where you can't feed your family so you have to make that decision and oh it's arty and it's terrible and you make tough decisions There, done right Oh, okay. I don't need to all play right. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, you got it. Pretty much, yeah. No, I, I, that's another one that I just heard a lot about and never got around to playing. And uh, So now I can just jump forward to Obra Dinn instead of uh, feeling bad for not playing Papers, Please. Yeah, it's
2: right. like how you decide on what people can get on the ship and, like, when you can't feed
1: your family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my headcanon, it's a sequel to Papers, Please. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Let's see, so McMaster, your fifth favorite is Kenshi, so Fallout Fallout 76, Vermintide 2, State of Decay 2, Far Cry 5, Battletech, and Kenshi. We are now to our number fours. Yes. Synthetic, Into the Breach, Gladius, Spider-Man, Wreckfest, State of Decay 2, and then my fourth favorite is a game called Overload. Does
3: does Uh, either of you know what this is? It's the... the
0: Yeah, so it's the zero-G, 3D shooter, uh, the spiritual air, and boy does it feel like uh, the original Descent games. It
3: looks Uh, like it, too.
0: It looks like it, and also, like, I tend to feel that no game needs to be VR. There are some games that look cool in VR. There are some that are made for VR that don't need to be made for VR. There are some games that are normal that have VR support. Man, the playing this thing in VR feels like it was made for that. This is an amazing virtual reality game. But unfortunately, it just makes me I I can take for about five minutes of it before I'm literally like sweating (laughs) and ready to barf. Uh, Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but but this is definitely it it looks great it's definitely how descent looks in my memory I'm sure if I were mm-hmm. to go back and play descent right now oh, yeah. it would not look as good but these guys brought alive what I would have remembered descent looking like uh, and it's uh there's just a lot of progression stuff in it which descent it didn't on have
2: How you feel about very large polygons that's how you would feel about descent now.
0: But, right, but it, whatever, it take, whatever it took to run smoothly was what they put a premium on in, in Descent. Oh, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, and that's the case here. Like, big, huge, crazy battles. In, like, my temptation, when I when I play Overload, and this is something that happens in Descent, too, my inclination is to just inch along and very carefully peek around areas and play it almost like a stealth game where I'm slow and methodical and I don't want to, draw aggro from too many enemies and oh my god guys are chasing me and now i need to run backwards until i've gotten rid of some of them uh but what happens in descent and in overload is as you replay levels and get better at the game and then decide to kind of do it as a speed run just to get to the next area then like crazy chaos happens and it's just a big Free-for-all Donnybrook in zero-G with crazy robots blowing up everywhere and different kinds of weapons and missiles, and you're dodging and jinking out of the way. Uh, so it, it starts out as a slow, methodical thing, but as you get more comfortable and better armed and care more about getting to places quickly, it just becomes super crazy, chaotic action gaming. Uh, so I love Overload. This is my fourth favorite uh, of the year.
1: Have you played any of the multiplayer
0: no, why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of that because, of course, I'd go in there and people would be really good. Should I?
1: Um, I, I well, keep in mind that this was uh, when the game first launched. I have no idea what the community level is like now for multiplayer. But um, sort of like the single player, it's what in my head I think dissents multiplayer was like right right <laughs> but of course it's not <laughs> yeah.
0: i do wonder if it has much of a community like uh i like if i were to go online would there be two servers with you know six people each playing uh,
1: right and uh, and they're gods
0: right exactly yeah yeah <laughs> uh fortunately there's a kind of a uh horde mode you can play against bots which is i imagine similar to what the multiplayer experience would be which is just like crazy deathmatch against a bunch of bots um, right so uh, all right, so let's see: Nick, Subnautica, Kenshi, Monster Hunter World, Frostpunk, Thronebreaker, Return of the Obra Dinn, and then number four is...
1: Oh man, so mainstream! Call of Duty: Black Ops Four. What? Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, god, you are
0: you are such a sellout. <laughs> I don't particularly
2: like it but I don't hate it either.
0: So. I do like the zombie mode a lot. So I, I the, the problem for me is I don't care about the battle royale stuff and I'm terrible at the multiplayer. So I'm guessing those work for you, Nick. Like you you
1: Uh well the multiplayer is multiplayer. It's it's the same multiplayer. It's it's been, I mean, it, you know, boots on the ground whatever. Um the zombie stuff is fine. It's zombies. Um but for me, I'm very impressed with blackout. Um, ah yeah, I I did not I honestly did not think they were going to be able to do it. I I you know I heard hey Call of Duty is going to have a a battle royale mode and I just thought ah eh, that's going to suck. That's going to be completely terrible. It's going to be horrible. Uh, but no, they they pulled it off. Like it is great. It is yeah. Quite I, I a prefer voice. it over. PUBG, I guess, and uh, just
0: because it's more polished, or are there are more features that you prefer, or what? Wh- wh-
1: so much more
2: polished. Mm-hmm. So much more polished. I'm, like it just. Mm. For me, it's <laughs> like my only my biggest problem uh, is the armor and just how many hits it takes to kill people. That's like, uh, you know, that's why I liked oh. PUBG better still. But
1: yeah,
0: you want people to the, die more quickly, McMaster. You're saying yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, the the armor is a that's a huge community. Uh, oh, yeah. Still. Still. And this is after they've, like, d- nerfed tweaked it. and two or tweaked three it. times. Yeah. yeah. And gone back and forth on it. I, I don't mm-hmm. think the armor is ever going to be resolved. It's it's a thing. And yeah. Yeah, if you don't like it, yeah, it's there. <laughs> yeah. It's just
2: like you shoot somebody, like, ten times. <laughs> like, okay.
1: And then they laugh.
2: <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. It gets me. That's why I like PUBG.
0: So, Nick, it's the sort of thing where a hundred people get dropped in, and it's Last Man Standing in, the, in, in a gradually narrowing circle that you can live in, that kind of thing?
1: Yep, yep, it's All that, right. yeah.
0: Then I have a question for you. What's the closest you've come to being Last Man Standing?
1: I'm sure
3: it's
1: one. Uh, no, I've never been number one. I've been number three. So Whoa! Oh, no, I'm impressed at
0: that. I was expecting you to say something like uh, 28. <laughs> wow, yeah. okay, I've good. been
1: number three. I've never been number one. I, would, I, I, I don't know what I would do if I were number one. I would probably just stop playing at that point because it's well, never going to get better for me.
0: I hope you heard that McMaster was confident. He was like, "Oh yeah, I'm sure Nick's been number one."
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, I've, I just I haven't. I've, I've made it to the top five uh, in the few games I've played. But, I mean, I have. To, Man, dude, you guys are good. Okay. I've I've won several games of PUBG and Fortnite, so it's not like outrageous. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've made it to okay, and this is actually true. I'm not I'm not just blowing my own horn here. I've I played it a couple times, and I've definitely been in the top ninety eighth percentile when i oh, played
2: oh oh you know yeah. playing, you know if you were to play with me we would well you would probably die early but our team would go late because i would just do my usual thing and right. creep up and shoot people in the ass when they're not looking so you know you you in theory your team would carry you
1: to great right. honor I mean, After right 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 <laughs>
0: So, All right, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, and you don't even like the zombie eh, stuff that much, huh?
1: I don't even care about the zombie
2: stuff. I no. don't really like it that much either. I think it's kind of, I don't know, it's the same as our other shit.
0: Uh, it's got, I think it's got a better sense of progression. Uh, it, it there's some super annoying like free to play, hey, micro buy these potions nonsense that I hate. Yep. Uh, yeah. But I do like the progression better, and I, I don't know if it's the actual levels or if it was just me finally deciding, okay, I'm gonna knuckle down and figure out how this stuff works. But I had an easier time not being completely helpless in terms of how to progress through the – because they're like puzzles, right? Uh, so I had an easier time parsing some of the puzzles yeah. this time.
1: Um, I, yeah, I, I will say I think this time around with Zombies, they signposted what to do next. Right, a right. Better. Yeah. Um, the, the last one, which was like the 1930s or whatever, like the setting was – it, it, like everything was completely obscure like you, you had to either play with someone who knew or you had to have watched like a YouTube or something exactly and, oh, I okay. think that's what
0: they expect is they want like the community to figure it out and then make yeah. wikis or videos a, yeah yeah and I don't, I don't like that sort of external dependency on communities to document your game just drives me batty I hate that sort of thing I,
2: I like it depending on the game yeah Mister. Yeah, because
0: like... you, you love RimWorld <laughs>
2: well, right. Yeah, but what I mean is that, like, yeah, I mean, sure, games like that, I like it, in, but not a game that, you know, was put out by freaking Trayvon. Right, right, right. You know? right. I mean, yeah. like, you guys could afford to print a damn manual if you right, want. Right. You could you could put something together.
0: But Nick's right. They did put in the game, They, did, as you put it, they signposted much more uh, accessibly what you're supposed to do next. So it's not um, like, oh, God, I'm just going to die because I didn't look up on a wiki how this level works. Yeah, so... All right, so Nick is our big sellout, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. <laughs> I, am glad, I am glad you picked that because I did, I did appreciate what they did with zombies, and I played, their zomb- I played this zombie mode f- more than all the other zombie modes combined, probably. Uh, so I did like that element of it. Uh, actually, how do you feel, Nick, about the fact that there's no single-player campaign?
1: Uh, I, I was prepared to hate that, but I wound up not caring.
0: Yeah, yeah, I kind of don't
1: miss it either. <laughs> so, all right. yeah, I no guess way. I'm I'm one I'm part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, we all are. I
3: mean, who cares?
0: Well, I think we play it because we're like, okay, the single player campaign, and we're invariably disappointed, and it's just something to ding the game for. So they're just like, okay, fine, we'll leave it out. Well, uh, yeah.
2: it's just the justification for me every year when I was to play it. Oh well, I can play the single player, and I just never would. So
0: I, I will say this though. The one I forget which one it is, but the single player is now more relevant than ever. The one that has Kevin Spacey as the villain.
3: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great.
2: Yeah, yeah, we should have seen it coming when the that Call of Duty villain made that weird YouTube video about how he was actually an okay guy. <laughs>
1: Let me be frank.
2: <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 look at me. I love. I love how he has the most dumbass accent in the entire world. Like I, I don't know, man. Like I, you know, he, he's a good actor, but that accent is just outrageous. It always
1: strikes me as Silly. foghorn
2: leghorn leg It's not even. It's like more outrageous than that. It's like what? What the hell, man? What are you doing? God.
0: All right. All right, McMaster. Fallout seventy six. Vermin tied two. <laughs> State of Decay 2, Far Cry 5, Battletech, Kin- no, Kinshi. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kinshi is your number five. Right. No, and then, so what's your number four?
2: El Hitman 2.
1: Oh, yeah. Ah, that's my number three.
2: Whoa. Yes, yes, yes. It's, uh, God, it's good. Um, You know, and it's like, it's almost cheating good because it's like, the first, the episodic one was so good, and they and they did it so well. And then they just kind of expanded upon that. And then they bring back all the old levels, and you get to unlock all the crap again. you can do it with new stuff. I mean, come on, that's kind of cheating because it's like so addictive to me, <laughs> like to go through and unlock stuff again in Paris. Except you do it in a different way. I got crazier gadgets
0: this time. So um, McMaster, you've you've. Uh, occasionally said to me oh we should play ghost mode yes. what is that what is that oh,
2: it's a mode that mike kicks my ass in so uh it's because i i lack subtlety um so what happens is like it, they only have it on one level right now we're adding it to all of them they have it on miami which is the first hitman 2 or the second hitman 2 level and um you both get a random target, and I can see your ghost in the world as I'm moving around. I can't literally see what you're doing, but I can see a, a ghost of you. And it tells me when you get new gadgets and stuff, and it would do the same when I got new gadgets. And it marks a target, and if you kill that target without being spotted, you get a point. And then you're, the other person has like 10 seconds or 15 seconds to get the kill as well to get a point. Are and you then both going for like, the same target? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then it switches to a new target, and um you know the first two i think five points wins the game and uh it, it's just a lot of fun I don't know it's uh it obviously it rewards uh, rewards you know knowing some of the level stuff right, like that right, right. but uh in general, it's just kind of like a uh a really kind of fun way to to play the game, just like the you know making the contracts right it's', it's really
0: entertaining. <laughs> What do you mean make what, what do you mean making the contracts?
2: Oh so delicious. So you <laughs> you can load any of the levels and you can mark a person and you kill that you ha it's like Mario Maker or whatever. Right. You have to finish the level in the way that you set up the assassination. And if you do that, then you can put it out there on the web for people to play. Ah. But it's just kind of fun to make them in the first place, like God, this is the most horrific thing, but it entertained me so greatly that I'm going to share it. Um, so there's this level in Hitman 2 called Whittleston Creek, and it's a it's it's the best level ever. It's, oh, it's I love a, that level. A, it's a suburb, right? And it's like a square block basically with all these houses in it. And it's, you know, idyllic. It's like there are people jogging and oh you know, they're handing out muffins and all this stuff, you know. It's like a, it's just just like this ridiculous community. But it's got this CIA guy in it and all this other these people you have to kill. Well in the creative contract, I'm walking around trying to figure out what I want to do, and I walk on this guy's lawn and he yells at me. And I was like, That was a mistake. So I marked him <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> And I went and I, I, I knocked <laughs> – I, I found a fish and I threw it at him and knocked him out. And then I stuffed him in a garbage truck and turned, you know, and crushed him to death. <laughs> and that was my contract. Uh, and then I dressed up as a garbage man and left in the truck. Uh,
0: so then and- like if I were to go online, I would see that – it's like a contract you've put there is kill the dude with a fish and put him in a garbage truck.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the way that would work is you would look at your friend's contracts and this would be this would be called I will actually stay on the lawn.
0: Uh, <laughs> what, <I> <laughs> and, uh,
2: what do I and, get uh, if
0: I what do I get if I do this? Are there like leaderboards? You get ex-
2: yeah, yeah. You get experience. And oh, right, 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 There is leader friends leaderboards uh, for every level uh, and all the special stuff. So uh, if you guys are curious, I'm way above Tom in every leaderboard in Hitman.
0: 2. <laughs> I did the tutorial, of course you are. I was I, I McMaster, I had to level up my character in Guild Wars. Duh.
1: Ah oh, yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> Nick, but why yeah. is why is Hitman 2 the third best game of the year?
1: Oh my god. I, I love the Rube Goldberg violence yes. in that game. It's yeah. insane. It's insane and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest, the Miami level on its own <laughs> I would have paid twenty dollars for just on its own. Yeah, it's it, so, level. Is it just is like
0: a, a city street or what what what's so no, special that's about huge. No
1: absolutely it's, giant level. It's an uh, indie uh, car race <laughs> uh, at the same time. Yeah, They're there's just... like a science like consumer electronics show thing going on at the same time. It's amazing. And there's actually there's racing cars? Stuff. Yeah, no, there's cars, like, racing through the Oh, dude, one of the people the level.
2: that you have to uh, assassinate is driving one of those cars. So you can, like, dress up as a pit crew, and there's, like, and it's not just one way that you can screw them over. There's, like, four ways that you can, like, right. mar- make them crash, you know, and do all this stuff. And then it's, like, there's, uh, it's just outrageous, like, all the levels in that game are great, but Miami and um, you know Wilson Creek, uh, yeah, they're they're just you know they're perfect for. Well, and for- the,
1: the thing I love about Hitman and Hitman Two, it's both of them really, is when you when you first play the game, like if it's your first time ever playing these two games uh, or one of them, it, the you know the natural thing to do is go for you know the the easiest and most assassin cliched kills right you use the yeah, wire yeah. Course, or you just yeah. shoot him in the head and, run. and then just escape right yeah and then just get out right and then but then when you start going back into the levels and you start uncovering like all these crazy things you can do right like like you can lure a dude out under a bridge and snap him in the head with a coconut and you know have him fall off at just the right moment to smash into the indie car and kill the driver <laughs> Like it's stuff like that where you're like, oh my god, this is genius.
0: And if I'm not, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Nick, like I, I recall one of the issues with uh, IO, who makes these games, IO, yeah. EO.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, earlier in the earlier Hitman games, it, it felt kind of like scripted in terms of what you had to do to get a kill, and it it always there was this sense of having to read the dev- the level designer's mind for okay, right. what am I supposed to do, like. I you know I have to go here and get the rat poison and then put it in this glass because I know the waiter is going to take over and give it to him and he's going to drink it. Like I always felt like I was trying to guess what the level designer yeah. was thinking. And I f- I feel like in Hitman 2, they've done a much better job of working uh, of highlighting that stuff and making it less about guesswork yeah. and more about finding different options. Like the level designers didn't do they they didn't script just one thing like you guys are talking about they scripted a bunch of different things but more importantly yeah. they breadcrumbed like me to they, they made those things easy for me as a new player to discover and explore and and feel almost like I figured it out on my own right. uh, rather than okay I've, I've figured out the scripting trigger um so I, I just feel what little I've played I that just really made it feel way more welcoming and less inscrutable than the other Hitman games have.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think it's telling that the, you know, a lot of the unlockable goodies you get for completing levels and, and certain kills in the game, you know, are like alternate start points or alternate disguises. Like, they're not... You know, they're not just better ways to kill people, but they're just alternate ways for you to even move through a level. Yeah, right, um, right. You know, which kind of adds to that, right? It's the, oh, you've unlocked this, and so you go into it and start, and now you're a butler in the beginning instead of, you know, one of the pit crew. Right. And now mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well, let's see where this goes, right? Like...
2: <laughs> that's that's the thing I like so much. That's one of probably my favorite thing about the Hitman games is I like the the progression you make in each level. I I like being able to start as different people because it totally opens up new ways to play. Yeah. yeah, Such a great game. Good stuff. Now,
0: Nick, where are you on the leaderboards in comparison to McMaster here?
1: Oh, Jesus. Um, I'm probably down near the bottom.
0: I don't know. I I played a ton
2: of two, so I might be high. I've played 45 hours. I don't know if that's a lot or not.
0: All right. Well, McMaster, I might have to install it just to knock your scores down.
2: Oh, yeah, you could try,
3: rookie.
0: <laughs> 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 All right, so here's my list Synthetic, Into the Breach, Gladius, Spider Man, Wreckfest, State of Decay 2, Overload. My number three, my third favorite game of 2018 is Cultist Simulator. Great. Which, to be uh. fair, well, you say I'm not sure it's much of a game, McMaster, no. as a. As, uh, an ecology or an environment, a, a world view that unfolds, and yeah. it's a really creepy one, and it has some great revelations in it. Uh, and Alexis Kennedy's writing is so it's good. So, yeah, that is great. That, yeah. for whatever shortcomings it might have in terms of interacting gameplay systems, this is a game design, uh, the writing more than makes up for it, and the world that he's created for you to discover. Uh, is is just absolutely thrilling, and I I would love to share with you guys one of the maybe top ten video gaming moments I've ever had, but it would spoil Cultus Simulator for you. Uh, but there's something that happens in Cultus Simulator that I I was floored uh, in a way that very few video games can do because they're you know they they do things that are generally familiar to me. Uh, so Cultus Simulator. I don't know about how great a game it is, but it's one heck of an experience, and I, I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, my number three favorite. Nick, we have Subnautica, Kenshi, Monster Hunter World, Frostpunk, Thronebreaker, Return of the Obra Dinn, Call of Duty, Black Ops 4. <laughs> uh, Oh, shoot, and then we have the rest. So then we have Hitman 2 and Gladius. So we don't know your number one yet, so stand by for that. Hold on. <laughs> McMaster, Fallout 76, what could it be? Fallout 76, Vermintide... Oh, wait a minute. Actually, what could it be? Fallout 76, Vermintide, State of K 2, Far Cry 5, Battletech, Kenshi, Hitman 2, and your third favorite McMaster is...
2: Red Dead Redemption 2.
0: RDR2. Uh... What's so great about that game?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, speaking of just like moments you know it's a game that's made up of just so many perfect moments um of play uh and might i add there's like uh arthur morgan is one of the most likable protagonists in a way that i've played in a game ever um i really like arthur and and just the I mean just their production just the way they handle things you know the the musical interludes I mean Jesus there's so many great things about that game
3: yeah
0: it's, it's my favorite game of the year easily and there there was no like it wasn't the sort of thing where I ever had to agonize over it it, it was just yeah. such a uh, an experience for me that I I, I Generally, when I finish a video game, I kind of just like, you know, wipe my hands of it. And I'm like, okay, I did that. That was great. On to the next thing. Uh, I had this weird kind of postpartum, like this almost depression yeah. after it was over because it ends on a, on a, very strange note. It ends in a way like the ending is one of the things that I loved about Red Dead Redemption one was the ending. And I remember Mm -hmm. thinking when they were doing Red Dead Redemption two, even when I realized, Oh, it's a prequel thinking, well, there's no way they can live up to to what they did in Red Dead Redemption one, but I feel they did. Uh, So the ending is just hugely touching and it just left, it left a, it 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 had a long-term impact on me. Uh, And I, it's one of those things that I I, I treasure. That I, I know I will go back and replay it at some point, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, very you much know, looking forward to
2: that. The, you know, obviously I'm not going to do spoilers. Uh, but like the part before the prequel, or the not the prequel, the pre, the prelude, um, or the epilogue. I mean. Um, like where Arthur's at the train station talking to the nun, um, that's like one of the my favorite scenes out of anything. It's like really well written. It's like insane.
0: Yeah, they they manage so. I mean, the writing in that and the character development is just mm-hmm. it's 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 unparalleled. I mean, it, other games yeah. are, like Alexis Kennedy is writing great prose and he makes an evocative world with it, but it's nothing like the character development. Nobody has created someone like like Arthur Morgan. It's just something that no, so agree. few games do. And Rockstar, you know, for all their production value, rather than putting it into a bunch of sizzle like a Call of Duty thing, they yeah. create characters like Trevor Phillips and Arthur Morgan and James Marsden and uh, Nico. Yeah. Like the, it's amazing to me that all that production value goes into to what's most memorable i mean i guess the location is part of it but almost equally memorable are, are these characters that they make oh uh, and the, the scenes you know how many games do you remember a conversation between a, a, a dude and an NPC? the nun isn't even an npc she's just no. there for that one scene and yeah. it's a it I, I love dialogue i love conversations between characters and in most video games that's something that you skip or you tolerate in Red Dead Redemption two in specific and in Rockstars games in general, uh, the conversations and dialogue are just things to be treasured and savored. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so. I mean it's it's a, a really impressive what yeah. they've done with that game. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. it's
0: just a great game. That was easily my favorite. So, I'm uh, okay, I can't wait to hear what you guys have for your number one. So, just real quick for my list. Uh, synthetic, Into the Breach, Gladius, Spider-Man, Wreckfest, State of Decay 2, Overload, Cultist Simulator. Oh, I didn't mention my number two. We have you guys' number two down. So, uh, Nick, yours is Gladius. McMaster, yours is Monster Hunter World. Yep. Woo! Oh, maybe this is your number one. All right, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Does, does either of you have that on your list ah
1: no. that's my number one
0: it is okay I wonder where you were going Nick because I thought <laughs> surely he picked Red Dead Redemption but you mentioned you haven't even played it yet so I yeah even yeah it yet. all right come on Nick what a sellout you have on your list a call of duty and now an Assassin's Creed those things come out every year they're so played out it's so formulaic the stories are so dumb why would you have that as your number one game of the year
1: it is the best. Wonder Woman game
0: <laughs> out there, but wait, what if I'm playing with the dude character?
1: Oh and well, then, then you're wrong. wrong. Then
0: I really feel bad wrong. for people who are playing him. Like I'm like, why would? Because you... the the voice actress is so good yeah. for Cassandra, and yeah. All right, so so go ahead, I cut you off. So you're no, playing no. this this boring this this broke ass <laughs> genre game. Like there's
1: there's one every year. Uh... Well, it's it's so it's interesting if you played Assassin's Creed Origin. Um, There was kind of this big effort, you know, that Ubisoft very publicly, you know, came out and like kind of did a bunch of mea culpas about where Assassin's Creed had gone and what was going on with it. And, hey, we're really sorry. We're going to take a a year break. We're not going to do an Assassin's Creed. And then we're going to do an Assassin's Creed origin. You guys are going to love it. It's completely different. And true to their word, it was right. Like it came out. It was, you know, way more into the open world uh kind of an action hack and slashy RPG kind of thing uh and you were in Egypt and you, you know, it kind of reset the clock for Assassin's Creed um uh and there there was a lot of good stuff in there um but there was a lot where you could tell this was the growing pains game I felt like uh, Assassin's Creed Origin uh, there was just some stuff in there that didn't quite come together uh, and and honestly by the end of the game I sort of felt like, like good lord is there more of this I gotta keep going now like, ugh. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> like yeah. I just
1: wanted to get to the end it was so big and so much of it um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey e- even if you pick the wrong character <laughs> and you play the guy I think what I like about Assassin's Creed Odyssey it feels like They took the lessons learned from Origins and really figured out how to layer systems uh, that, you know, really work together. Like, you know, there's a mercenary system that when you start out, uh, it's like, hey, here are these guys roaming around the map Um, and, you know, they're big bad dudes and there's sort of these, you know, stages of these mercenaries that you you kind of fight them and you defeat them and then you move up this ladder right and you think all right that's that's fine whatever Uh, and then it becomes you know a little more apparent a little later that oh it's tied into almost a police alert system right from a GTA game let's say where yeah if you keep screwing up and you're stealing or killing innocent people then mercenaries get called to your location so You know, that ties together, and yeah, okay, that's kind of clever. That's a neat way to do it. And then about ten more hours into the game, they reveal another level where the mercenaries are tied into this evil cult that gets uncovered. And now, if you want to assassinate the cult members, some of them, like the clues you have to get to hunt them down, are actually with the mercenaries, um. So, so it all kind of fits together like really well, and it like I, I never felt in Odyssey that there was anything, you know, where U- U- Ubisoft gets a lot of flack sometimes for this, I, but I never felt like it was more for the sake of more. Like yeah, everything sure. felt like it was working together.
0: So you, you say you feel like uh, this, they learned lessons from Origins, and I agree with you there, but I'll do you one better. I, I feel like this is, this is the culmination of all those years of making Assassin's Creed games, uh, and they, like everything they've done wrong previously, and there are a lot of things, I feel like they've addressed in this game. This is as if you took all the bad stuff in Assassin's Creed, and you took all of that out, and then you put in this, this beautiful, open, ancient Greece. Uh, and actually, some decent writing and a compelling protagonist. Uh, you know, the systems that you're talking about—they—they they create the sense of a living world, and especially that cult stuff. Like, it asks you to engage with the military and the warring parties, and like, like you mentioned, the mercenaries, and even the economy. Like, you find yourself going, "Okay, well, where's a where's a marble quarry? Because I need that to find out someone in the cult." Uh, they they create such a detailed, beautiful world, which they also did in Origins, but they give you so many ways to interact with it, and they add meaning to things, and they, they completely also, I remember in Origins walking around and really missing the historical commentary. Like, well, what is this that I'm looking at? And what's that big building? And I think they eventually patched in like an edutainment mode or, or whatever. Uh, but that's, that's part of the collectibles and unlockable stuff in, in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like, they know that you might be curious about what a building is, and so you can go and you can look. And, and they'll even, Cassandra will observe, oh, that's such and such when she first walks up to it. Um, right. It, it's such an awareness of and, and affection for uh, this, this ancient Greek world uh and they make it live and breathe and they make you touch it and look at it and go different places in it uh it's it's what an assassins creed i think has been trying to be all along and it's finally come to this i feel
1: yeah yeah and and the other thing i i really like about it is in in previous assassins creed uh every now and then something you know very fantastic uh mm-hmm. or would happen where it was just you know, hey, you're in the history of you know colonial America, and now there's a wizard, and right. he's gonna shoot lightning <laughs> bolts at you, right? And and it was explained as, you know, part there was that you know double explanation of oh well it's this ancient alien, you know doohickey blah blah blah, plus, you know oh these are computer you know kind of. Uh, ai built memories so you know if you see anything crazy happening well it's it's because the computer is just filling in things you know to make your brain understand it or whatever um and it you know it it didn't really happen like there really wasn't you know a shimmering veil of electrostatic energy in in this castle it's just you know we're telling you hey the animus says you can't go there right um but in odyssey what i find really interesting is like there are, you know, ancient Greek monsters that show up, and it's just accepted. Yeah. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no. Oh, this is because of the animus or whatever. This is no. Yeah, yeah. No. There's a cyclops, and he's got a giant club, and he's gonna kill everyone.
0: And and you like if <clears throat> if you if you had played this and not told so if you take out the few. Uh, flash-forward bits that go to the modern age, this doesn't have to be an Assassin's Creed. I mean, there's no, like, wrist blade. She doesn't have to have the the stupid hoodie. Uh, And, like, you talk about those computer glitch things. This is basically an... I love the subtitle of it, The Odyssey, because, you know, Homer's Odyssey, this adventure uh, across the Aegean. Like, that's what this is. The Assassin's Creed is almost... It's marginalized in favor of odyssey in the ancient greek sense and all of that modern nonsense just goes by the wayside you can ignore yeah. it and they don't they don't put your face into it and when it does that weird twist by the way which it does it still totally fits into the the mythos into ancient greek mythology like they don't have to abandon that to tie in their their overarching assassin's creed nonsense right. uh, i love how that fits in uh, yeah Nick, do you know the game Hand of Fate?
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so you know the narrator in that who talks to you as you're playing, and he'll sort of taunt you, and he'll shuffle the cards for you, and when you make choices, he'll say things like, "Oh, I wouldn't have done that." No. Like, so did you you know that narrator guy? No. In in, in Hand of Fate, like oh, <clears throat> well it, he's the guy who talks to you in Hand of Fate. If you turn the voice off, I guess you. But have you uh, have you got to the part where that voice appears in Assassin's Creed Odyssey?
1: Yeah, I know, yeah, the same one, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love that it's that guy's voice. Like I love <laughs> that they got the voice actor. And I don't know if they did this intentionally. Uh that guy's I, voice yeah, I is doubt great. It. <laughs> but I I I just I I love when he shows up a B that I recognized his voice and C, that his voice was from Hand of Fate where he's basically your your dungeon master in, in that game. Uh Right, yeah. I don't know if that's
1: an like I don't, I have no idea if that's you know a, a a voice acting affectation that he's doing, like I I I doubt he actually said, like in just conversational <laughs> eating lunch kind of thing. Like I I don't know if he sounds like that, but of course he does. Yeah, what what do you
0: mean? That's <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's pretty amazing that they they use that. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's,
0: yeah, it is the same actor. Like, I, I just verified to make sure I wasn't just hearing things. But, yeah, of course, that's totally how the guy, like, orders orders dinner at Arby's. He totally sounds <laughs> like that. Yeah.
1: The one with the fried onions, is
0: <laughs> All right, so that was my second favorite. That's Nick's favorite game of the year. McMaster, you didn't put RimWorld as your number one, did you? Maybe. All right, well, it's time to fess up, so let's count down. Fallout 76. Vermintide 2, State of Decay 2, Far Cry 5, Battletech, Kenshi, Hitman 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, and then...
2: Rimworld.
0: uh, Isn't that still in early access?
2: No, it's not in early access. You know it's not in early access
0: anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what is Rimworld? So, Rimworld
2: is a colony simulation and management game.
0: Oh, like Dwarf Fortress. Yeah. Oh, aren't those a dime a dozen?
2: Uh, well, I mean, what? Su- successful ones? Actually, there
3: <laughs> there's, uh, what there's makes two. This...
2: There's called Dwarf Fortress
3: and <laughs>
0: there's RimWorld. <laughs> what makes RimWorld work for you? What makes this one so good?
2: uh it pretty much took the spirit of everything that i love about dwarf fortress and made it accessible uh, uh also it's a sci-fi theme uh which i really like as a change because i like dwarf fortress it's fantasy theme but mm-hmm. sci-fi is pretty cool uh and it's got all it's it's really just dwarf fortress with a very accessible ui uh interesting characters it's also smaller scale um but it uh It just allows for, you know, my favorite thing—just possibility, tons and tons of possibilities for crazy things to happen or interesting things to happen.
0: Um, All right, so I play Kenshi and I get killed by farmers—a roving band of farmers. (laughs) I, I play Rimworld. I get killed by a squirrel. Oh yes,
2: that—that's for real. (laughs) Yeah, um, that happened on one of my streams one night, and I think it's one of uh, quarter to three forum member left empty. I think that's one of his favorite things in the world. His um. I, uh, a psychic blast went through the world or whatever, and all these squirrels went insane and killed my entire colony. They just, like, cut us all down. There's, like, 30 squirrels just jumping on people everywhere. I had one game uh, where we had uh, Tom. I-, I made Tom in the game. And there was Bruce. He was a surgeon. Uh, and we ended up replacing most of Tom with bionics. So Sweet. Tom was more more machine <laughs> than man. Awesome. I think that that uh, Sarah ended up dying because you were so bad at surgery because you were mostly bionic and you kept trying to heal her that you just kind of screwed up and she bled out. Um, and so so yeah. it's a documentary. Yeah, it really is. It's just like, just like what's going to happen <laughs> in the future.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't want me for my medical skills. I mean,
2: oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. And Bruce was a surgeon. I, I don't know why you kept you know. You just you just really wanted to get in there and help. Um, and that,
0: that's kind of the value of these the like these kinds of games, you create narratives out of mm-hmm. characters. These emergent narratives happen based yeah. on these these characters trying to survive. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, and then like that's the thing about Rimworld that makes it interesting. So um Ty and Sylvester, the guy who wrote it, he, he kind of designed it to be like you know, like a obviously like Dwarf Fortressy. But he wrote it. Uh, with this kind of game narrator in mind, so you choose a narrator when you start a new game, and depending on what the narrator you choose and the difficulty you choose, you're going to get more or less crazy stuff or at least you know sometimes the stuff will make more sense and it'll just escalate, whereas you can just have chaotic things happen all the time and stuff like that. So it kind of gives this like ramping progression that allows you to... Build up a little bit as you go, and of course you can make that as hard as you want. I, I I play on Iron Man mode almost exclusively, so you can't, you know, you only have one save. Um, so it just it it it's a very challenging game. Um, and pretty much that's that appeals to me.
0: Uh, can I tell you something that uh you will not like hearing?
2: Oh God, yes.
0: RimWorld is not as good as Judgment Apocalypse Survival Simulator. Oh, dude.
2: My... <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You know, and I tried it. I tried the game. I really did. And it was like I, I've i never seen something so ugly. Really, oh, my God.
0: <laughs> it's not that bad. Come on. I can show you uglier games. <laughs> oh, dude. I don't know. Hold no. on. Let me, let me try this on Nick. Nick, can I tell you something you won't want to hear? Okay. Frostpunk is not as good as Judgment Apocalypse Survival Simulator. Oh, boy. Yeah,
2: it's... <laughs> he, he's obsessed with this Judgment Apocalypse Survival Simulator <laughs>
3: game. It's such, it's
0: such a goofy, indie, endearing thing, but it does the same kinds of... It's, it's trying to do the same kinds of things as Frostpunk and RimWorld. Like, it's very much in that wheelhouse. Uh,
2: oh, yeah. It is trying. It, yeah, and it's like, I appreciate that. Right. I just...
0: No, you guys I, prefer the... the uh, more, more yeah, professional. The, the more professionally made games, like Frostpunk and RimWorld, I understand. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm not
2: usually like I play Dwarf Fortress, you know. But like when ASCII graphics are better than your graphics in your game, you need to look at it. Is all I'm
0: saying. Maybe hire an artist. All right. So, is there anything that you guys like feel bad about having to leave off your list, or things you were tempted to put on the list didn't quite make it? anything come to mind um, you know I, if... I was tempted here i'll start i i kind of wanted to do something with the fact that all of a sudden it seems uh no man's sky got really good
2: yeah that's one of those things that game should have cooked longer yeah uh, but I, I feel like yeah. that
0: should that would be on lists if it came out in that state but i feel like you know it's already been out it had its chance but i it certainly it gets like most improved i i guess as an oh. award uh so i would have been tempted to put that on the list if it had come out that good uh anything like that for you guys that you were tempted to put on the list didn't quite make the cut?
2: early access uh, uh, yeah like yeah. um for me uh a possibility would have been foxhole uh which is this weird little kind Where, of what it's a real strange, commas twin-stick shooter kind of uh, war game, um, but you can control logistics as well as just fighting, so... You can sit there and like mine and make all the stuff for the front lines and stuff, and then run logistics for the war. It, it's interesting.
0: Um, it's a multiplayer thing though, right? Is that thing? Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 It's yeah thousands of players, whatever. But right. yeah, you could run logistics in it, which I found really fascinating, and have done a bunch of.
0: Them. McMaster, we're going to need you to stay at the base and peel potatoes.
2: And I actually uh, enjoy that. In that <laughs> uh, other than that, I guess Eco is the other one. You know, that would have been made my list for sure. What's Eco?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that one.
2: Uh, is the game where there's a meteor coming to crash into the world, and you have 30 days to build up the technology to destroy it, but you have to do it without polluting and destroying your world as well. So it's
0: it's RimWorld on a timer.
2: It's like... uh, No, it's more like Minecraft on a timer, because it's like... It's it's (laughs) voxel but you... you, It's like you
0: have to build up all of this industry
2: and kind of... uh, I don't know. Build everything from scratch. Uh, I
0: do like, though, like with Subnautica, it sounds like the sort of game that has an end. Like it's not some open-ended, hey, oh, it play does. as long as you yeah. want. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I like a yeah.
2: clock. Um, uh, or Stationeers. That's the only other thing yeah. I can think of. That would certainly have been on
0: there as well. Nick, anything it's, that was painful for you to leave off the list?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I, pretty sure, it, you know, if things don't change uh, drastically, I, I'm pretty sure Slay the Spire uh, oh yeah, will be on my next list. Holy
2: God, that game! Yeah, great.
1: that game is so damn good, but it's early access. So right. eh, Sarah plays
2: it, plays it like every night, and uh, last night she was n- number thirty-seven in the world on the challenge. Oh my God!
0: Uh, I she, believe they've said like it's a January release, right? So haven't they? Haven't they committed to releasing in January? Or
2: no? I hope
1: so, man, because like. I, mean, to- I, f- I feel like they could have flipped the switch a long time ago.
0: Yeah, right. that game is it's really great. Um, well, I look yeah. forward to finding out when it's actually finished.
1: Uh, yeah, shuffles <laughs> out early access
2: in January. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, listed good. on Steam All right.
0: January. Yeah. All right, well, those are our top tens. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I guess we heartily recommend these. You can also check out other lists at quarterto3.com. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <clears throat>
2: Too pretty little thing Little Liza J Where do you live? Down the lane Little Liza J
3: Oh, Little Liza